Welcome to another episode of the Epic Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Pastor Marcus Rye Rosier PM, is what they call me. And I want to make sure that you get caught up, right? So this is our midweek service where we were unpacking from Sunday. We were in a series called Lifestyle of the Rich and Famous. What does that mean? We believe that the, according to Ephesians, the Bible says that God is rich in mercy. So we're saying God is rich and he has made Jesus famous. And that is our job to live the lifestyle of God and to make sure that everywhere we go, that we make Jesus famous lifestyle of the rich and famous. I know, I know it's pretty, pretty, pretty nice series title. I'll tell you, but I hope that you have been enjoying this series so far, but you definitely don't want to miss this episode because in this episode, we unpack this major question. What's God's plan to provide for you? If he's rich, does he plan on rationing the portion? Does he plan on letting you live in poverty? And when I say poverty, poverty is not money. It is where you go deplete of anything you need. Poverty of health, poverty of, of mindset, poverty of relationships. So anything that you are currently going without could be a level of poverty. So I hope you enjoyed this midweek message. What's God's plan to provide for your life? All right. So Sunday we talked we talked about I got to get my bread up. This whole idea of God's ability to provide for us. And it was layered. It was it was super super layered on Sunday, but here's what I'll start with explaining to you so you really get this. When I asked the question, what is God's plan to provide for you or do we believe that God has a strategy to provide for us? Here is why I asked you that asked that question. Because you got to see God differently. Everything that God ever made, he put how it would provide for itself within its environment. The fish does not eat food from a tree because the fish is not wired to climb it. So it was starved to death because its ability to provide itself would mean it would have to defy its nature to reach what it needed. Was that too heavy? Y'all, we with thumbs up. We still with me. It, it doesn't need anything outside of its environment. So its environment provides it, but God don't bring it to it. The fish got to go find it. Whether we're talking about a lion, whether we're talking about a bird, a bird can visit the water, but does not live there. Everything that God has ever created, he created the food for it to provide for itself within its environment. God don't feed it. He places what it needs to feed itself within its environment. So if God provided for everything, even for the even for grass to grow, there has to be this mutuality between the rain of the sky and the grass of the ground. That the rain got to give up something and the ground got to receive it, but the ground can't keep all of it. The ground got to give up moisture for, for it to return. Everything's in a cycle. Everything's in a system of giving and receiving. Human beings are the only ones that leave their natural environment and pray to God to provide for them. They leave the space that they are wired to thrive in and then ask, why am I starving? Why don't I have enough? As well as human beings are the only ones that don't understand reciprocity. That we, that we hold on to everything, give up nothing and wonder why we can't produce. The ground don't argue with the sky and say, stop being stingy. The clouds give up rain. Everything that God has ever made moves in a system. The sun does not, the sun don't try to steal the show from the moon. The system moves in a cycle. It is only humanity 
that overstays its season, moves out of its environment, and then wonder why God didn't. It's not why God didn't, it's why didn't we? For every need you have, there is provision. There is a person, there is an idea, there is a place that celebrates you. There is an environment. Here, here can, I, can I let y'all into my, on my morning walk, my prayer the last few days? God, God, give me what's praying for me. Like pull to marry together two prayers. May the thing I'm praying for, may the person I'm praying for, they're praying for me. The people I'm praying for, they're praying for me. God, put bring two prayers together. That's what I want. I want that environment. God, bring the people around me that are the human expression of how you would treat me. Do y'all hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? Bring the friends. Bring the people. God, if I'm going to pastor a church, there is somebody who has prayed for what you told me to say. Bring the ears that are praying for the voice. And if they're not, God, let them go find their voice. Don't let them live their life looking for you. Whoever you're speaking through, let them find that. Because I want the environment that celebrates me. I want what wants me. Amen. Are we, are, are we following me? So with this, whole, with this whole wealth, resource, finance piece, I want you to know that there is a strategy. There 100% is a strategy. The issue lies in this. We have a misconception about God. We, me included, and I'm constantly trying to detox myself from the type of thinking that does not know what it is that I'm supposed to do and what it is that God is supposed to do. I think that we have God's job description all messed up. I I really do. I think we have his, his job description all messed up. So when we're talking about it on Sunday, why did we teach this message? I want you to get this. Why did we teach a message entitled, I got to get my bread up? Like, why talk about money? Why talk about resources? It's two problems I pointed out to you. The first problem I pointed out to you was just this humanistic problem. Like the human problem of it all. That's it, just the human problem. What's the human problem? Do I believe that any person willfully made the decision to be, to, for, to be a prostitute? Let's be, do I think that a person... In their mindset, I would love, I would absolutely love to give my body in exchange for money. No, it was about, I needed a way to provide for myself. Do I think that a person made the willful decision that says, I want to rob, steal, and sell dope? Y'all know I'm, 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 I'm ghetto gospel all the way. This is how I'm going to kick it. This is how I'm going to talk. Like this is real life stuff. Do we believe that any person sat down? What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a criminal. I want to rob from people, steal from people. <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a D-boy. <laughs> right? Do, do we believe that anybody made that willful decision? Hey, what you want to be when you grow up? I want to do something strange for a piece of change. <laughs> like, Do we believe that people made these willful decisions? Do I believe that a person said, I just want a sugar daddy. That a guy said, I just want to live off my girl. I don't want to get no job. I just want her. I just want to, that I want to find a way to make her money. No. 
they needed a way to take care of themselves. And what they did was just try to find a way for that to happen. So what happened, what I'm telling you is, is what we refer to as a paycheck pandemic that long before there was a coronavirus, long before COVID-19, long before this virus we now know as Corona, there was already a paycheck pandemic. This global pandemic of people not making enough to provide for themselves so they have to make decisions that are problematic. Number one cause of divorce, money. So that means it changes the family structure. Do you see all the natural problems that not having enough money does? So why wouldn't we as a church talk about money? If it causes all of these problems, if it's, if it's wreaking havoc, 70% is what I just read a recent stat, 70%. Of people who pass away in, in under underserved impoverished areas die of curable diseases, but they don't have access to health care or money for healthy foods or doctor's visits. So that means people are dying just because they don't have enough money. Death, divorce, drug dealing, all these decisions. Why would a church not talk about money? Don't you think that's enough problems? There are people who had to give up their child, not because they don't love them, but they can't afford to feed themselves and a baby. You see, you see why this, this was so important to, to, to me to say, if we're talking about the lifestyle of the rich and famous, the lifestyle that God wants every believer to live, why would you not talk about money? I'm going to say it again because y'all looking at me strange. Church is the only place. And when I say church, church is the people. The building is just where the people meet. Right? So church is the people. When I say church, I'm talking about the people, the crazy people. The crazy people known as church are the only people that, listen to me, the only two things they don't want you to talk about is money and sex, but everybody want both. <laughs> every, every one of them want both, but don't want you to talk about it. So as a church, why wouldn't somebody bring you this structure for you to have healthy spirituality? that guides you in a direction of God surrounding both money and sex. Okay? So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So the first problem we talked about now was just those natural problems. Second problem is the spiritual problem of it. The spiritual problem of it. Now, here's one of the spiritual problems. Is anybody taking notes, getting something out of tonight? Thumbs up. Y'all don't lie to me now. Anybody taking notes, getting something out of this? Okay. Spiritual problem with it. Spiritual problem that lies in this whole conversation is simply this. If I don't have enough money, here's the real reality. I'm going to spend most of my spiritual life and prayer life talking to God about money. So the basis of my relationship and my communication with him will be meet this need, pay this bill, help with this, man, how I'm going to do this. I'm robbed of a lifestyle that now, for some of us, it hurts us in our confidence, what we believe about ourselves, our friendships, our environments. All of these things are shaping us in these ways. So like I said, it's Sunday. We're so consumed with needing more money that we'll never think in prayer to ask for more God. So consumed with it. And I'm not, I'm not throwing off on, on praying for money. I don't, I'm not against that. What I'm saying is, if it's a relationship and all you ever talk to me about is, hey, babe, babe, hey, babe, you going to get my nails done? Okay, cool. Here you go. Here go, here go some funky $20. Go get your nails done. It's 35 actually. <laughs> 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 I 
right, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I had I had to wake y'all up just then. You like <laughs> I had to wake you up. You like okay, bet here you go. Well, hey, listen, I, while I was getting my nails done, I got a little hungry, and I realized that I didn't have enough in my cash app. <laughs> You're like, okay, cool. Uh, hey, listen, I got a little parched while I was eating. Wanted to know if you could send me a little more money for something to drink. You're like, okay, bitch, sheesh. Hey, quick question. I ran out of gas. Could you imagine how you would feel if this was the conversation every day, all day? That's what I'm saying, that it's not wrong to ask God because you're in a relationship with him. But imagine if the relation, the sole basis of the relationship is where God becomes a bank and that the only way you see a blessing is as money. A blessing is more than money. What is a blessing? The, a blessing is the reward of following a principle. So whatever I need, if I follow the principle and I receive it, that's a blessing. Guess what a blessing could be, ladies and gentlemen? Guess what, guess what a blessing could be? Guess what it could be? Guess what a blessing could be, ladies and gentlemen? Listen to me. Guess what it could be? Guess what it could be? Good health. Guess what it could be? Sound mind. Guess what it could be? Peace. Guess what it could be? Not having to worry about violence, not have to worry, not have to worry about myself. Cause you got to think you could be moving around. Something just pop off like, Ooh, that feels uncomfortable. And you're like, Oh yeah, you got to have like something could just jump off. So if I, but I remember following a principle, if I follow the principles of how to maintain my body, me living healthy is a blessing. <laughs> this is so practical. They're like, no, it, it just seems too simple. no, uh, no, Marcus. No, 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 no. You're supposed to do like I saw a guy do before, eating smothered pork chops. And, and Lord, we we not rebuke. We buke all the calories is what he said. We buke all the calories. Okay, cool. Bet that, bet that prayer didn't work. <laughs> okay. So I'm talking about this whole premise of why we need to shift it. Okay. Why we need to shift it. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to move out of that space. And I want to move into something more practical that I taught you. Question: Who remembers what I told you about the whole prop, the whole um, how you walk through the problems, right? How you take a problem. Who remembers that what I taught you about problems? Who remembers what I taught you on Sunday about problems? How do you increase your income? I taught you on Sunday how to increase your income. Well, solve a problem. Yeah. Big problem. Big, big, big. Solve a problem. Big problems, big paychecks. <laughs> the bigger the problem, the bigger the paycheck. Say, say it one more time for the people in the back. The bigger the what? The bigger the what? <laughs> say it one more time. The bigger the what? The bigger the what? The bigger the problem, the bigger the paycheck. The bigger the problem, the bigger the paycheck. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. See, we were taught we were taught more money, more problems. But it's really more problem solving, more money. Absolutely. 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 All right, e. Now, to someone, someone that's not practical enough and that's not spiritual enough. So I think we need to unpack this thing. What y'all think? Should we unpack it some more? Okay, so let's unpack it some more. Let's look at our Bibles. Because it doesn't make sense for virtual Bible study to just talk statements. Does the Bible talk about this? Let's look at it. Where do we find this at? Let's go to John chapter 6.
John chapter 6, verse number 5. John chapter 6, verse number 5. Man, I love teaching you all. I absolutely do. I don't know any other place that you can kind of kick it the way we kick it. I really don't. I really don't. I don't know many places where you could do it like this. I really don't. All right. Everybody got that? John chapter 6, verse 5. Perfect. 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 All right. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Oh, I don't want to do that because I'll overteach. Okay. Move, Marcus. Just, just skip right over that. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Let's pause right there. This story, please hear this, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to hear it again on Sunday. This story is the only story in the Bible other than the crucifixion of Jesus that is mentioned in all four Gospels. The feeding of 5,000 is the only story other than the crucifixion of Jesus mentioned in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But I don't even see Jesus preaching. I don't see him healing the sick, raising the dead. He's not doing nothing spiritual. He meeting natural needs. This is a problem solving money food miracle. Why is it in all four gospels? It said that the people came out there to hear him preach, but none of the gospels tells me what he preached. Which means what he said wasn't as important as the needs he met. We immediately see that Jesus sees a group of people who didn't ask him for food, but he realizes at a certain point in your life, it ain't enough for me to give you the spiritual food of teaching to you if I don't meet your natural needs. Jesus deserves, hey, listen, where are we going to find food to feed them? The people are not saying we're hungry, feed us, Jesus. He sees, okay, take it out of the context of food. I'm talking about anything you hunger for. Just like how your body can, you'll hear your stomach growling. There are times in your soul that you growl and you groan for things to be settled in you emotionally, mentally. You look for mental stimulation. You look for social interaction. Yeah, your soul could literally hunger for something. What is your soul? Your mind, will, and emotion to not have what it is you need to fuel you, to be around people that just ain't, that you just ain't feeling like that no more. Like you've changed and they haven't changed. So you like, bro, you, you don't get what I'm saying? You don't get what I'm saying. You find yourself saying that a whole lot, and they're like, uh, "No," and like, "Why does that even matter?" You know, you you talking about you talking about 401k, you talking about investments, grabbing your first real estate property, and they're like, "Hey, did you see what they posted on Shade Room?" You're like, "No, I, I hadn't really been on Shade Room like that today." Uh, <laughs> totally different conversation. Stomach grumbling, soul grumbling. You're like, "Man, I don't have anybody that can relate to me." Okay, back to the text. Jesus asked, Philip, how are we going to feed all these people? How are we going to solve this food, this hunger problem? Here's the point we made. Here's the point we made. This is a big problem. Please don't let me lose you. Historian Tetelis, which is a, histor histor a, a Jewish historian, speaks about the geography and the amount of people who lived in that area. He said that it, was, that it was something to the tune of about 15,000 people. That's a big crowd. That's a mini concert. 15K people, right? So you're talking about 15,000 people all coming to Jesus. That's a big problem. What we, what we explain on Sunday is, and here's what I explained to you. 
when you are looking to see how God is going to provide for you, to provide your needs for the next level of life, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you are adding value to the things and the people around you. It's easy to hang around people who need something from you, but it's hard to find people who don't need nothing but you. There's a needy person on every corner who adds no value to anything, who adds no value to anyone, always a handout, never a hand up. That's easy to find. <laughs> you can find somebody in need everywhere you go. When God makes you a solution to somebody's problem, he increases your value. The moment God gets you to learn how to be a solution to somebody's problem, you're irreplaceable. How easy is it to replace somebody that never did anything for you? <laughs> it's extremely easy. When we're watching the text, we look, <laughs> right, we're watching the text and you're like, you're like, man, don't you miss such and such? No, why not? It was just company. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't companionship, it was company. It, wasn't, it didn't bring nothing to my life. It didn't add anything to me. The only number that can be connected to anything and add no value is a zero. And it is not God's intention that any person should be a zero. You should add to the sum total of anybody you connected to, anything you connected to, anything you touch should increase. Everything you touch should turn to gold, but you got to be careful what you touch. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 All right. So let's, let's explain it more. This is the easy solution. Write this down. Write this down, ladies and gentlemen, epic family. Write this down. I explain to you whether you are building a relationship, building a business. This is, it, this is the process. This is the process of how you create wealth in your life. Everybody ready to learn how you create wealth? Everybody ready? Step one. What is step one? Solve your own problem. This is where you pray and partner with God. This is the prayer phase of it. God, show me how to solve this problem. When God reveals to you how to solve your problem, what do you mean? Man, my car broke down. God, man, I got to figure this out. Man, I don't can't pay nobody. I'm using a, qu a quick example. You start watching some videos. You feel this surge of energy. You're like, man, you, you, you solve your own problem and you learn how to fix something. You get laid off and you're like, man, I cannot find a job, but I've already solved my own problem. And I wrote out step by step, did all the research, how to fix, how to, how to fix a car. Well, shoot, why don't I solve somebody else's problem? Somebody else in the neighborhood, you're like, hey, man, what do you do with that car? Why is it always sitting there never moving? They said, well, man, such and such, such broke. I just fixed that on my car. I'll fix it for you. Now I've solved somebody else's problem. Now you were just looking out for a neighbor doing it for free, but you said, hey, man, I've been out of work for about six months. Quick question. Would you mind doing a testimony about that work I did for you on the car? And let me take some pictures of it so I can tell other people. Sure, absolutely. And I'll even refer some people to you. The moment they do that, you've packaged the process and now you start packaging it, promoting it and selling it. Ladies and gentlemen, you got yourself a, a car fixing business. But it started with you praying to God, show me how to fix my own problem. The solution is step one, fix your problem. Step two, solve somebody else's problem for free. Serve somebody. Don't charge somebody before you can even, before you even help someone. 
man, let, I almost want to pause this because pause this I don't know who's going to listen to this. But y'all know I'm in this coaching space. And somebody reached out in my DMs and was like, hey, I really need your help. <laughs> All right. I got to just go here. Hey, I really need your help. I'm still on. Everybody got number one, solve your problem. Number two, serve someone by solving their problem. So you're serving them. You're doing this for free. The person said, I won't say whether it's male or female, I really need help, man, really getting this business going, monetizing online. I was like, okay, what is it you're trying to do? They said, well, man, I really want to help people start a business. I said, cool. What type of business do you have? I don't have one yet. I said, so have you started one? And they were like, no, no, I never started one. I just, you know, I always wanted to help people start a business. I said, so you want to start a business teaching people how to start a business? Okay, I hate to laugh. I hate to laugh, right? So I said, have you ever worked with somebody, like a friend, anybody who wants to start one and kind of help them? Man, I ain't trying to give away all that game for free. So you don't want to serve nobody to even package the process to see if what you got to teach going to work. Are we seeing where we're going here? It's out of order. So the way this whole thing works is you solve your problem. You then serve someone by solving their problem. That's going to give you testimonials. Now, we're not just talking business. That happens in life. It's going to happen across the board. Solve your problem. What is my problem? Man, I, for the longest, I just never felt good about myself. Cool. Serve somebody by solving theirs. This opens up avenues for relationships. This opens up avenues for connections. By just solving the problem of being a better person, you can also solve the problem of being single. It starts with you. See how all this stuff works? Like all this hand in hand. Man, it's like I can never find a good friend. He that wants a friend must first show himself friendly. That's Bible. You solve your problem first. God, I don't have enough. Give and it come back to you. But I don't have nothing to give. Solve the problem first. The whole thing that God has ever created is to solve a problem first. Humanity had a sin problem. What did God do for Adam when Adam saw that he was naked? Solved Adam's problem by clothing him. Then he solved the salvation problem. Everybody's saying this. You always solve your problem first. Number two, you serve someone. Number three, you package the process of how you solve the problem. Step by step, not kind of, not well, first, well, I, well I, I mean, I guess I just mean, I just, you know, Jesus did what he did. Mm, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Can't sell that. You, can, you can't sell that. Can't market that. You can't market that. Well, I prayed and I was like, no, you did more than pray. I, I literally asked him. I was like, man, I said, that's phenomenal, bro. For 35 years of marriage. This was out of the pool or not too long ago. 35 years of marriage. How did y'all stay together? Just prayed and put God first. No, you did more than that. You did a whole lot more than that. 35 years? Mm, nah. She, I was sure a couple times she just smacked the teeth, rolled her eyes, said a few things that you went to the other room, came back and like, babe, let's talk this out. Like you did way more. <laughs> Package the process. What is step? What's the first step you took? What's the second step you took? What did you do when you failed becomes a part of your process? Second step I took was this. It didn't work. So now I teach people how to avoid this step. Third step, red flag I saw was this. So now I show people how to spot red flags so they never even end up in that. That's a part of my process. Now that I've packaged the process, now I'm ready to promote it. Start telling people about it. You know I can fix your problem, right? 
You're not going to fix your problem, right? You're not going to fix your problem, right? You're not going to fix your problem, right? Oh, with two fish, five loaves, that's it? You're not going to fix your problem, right? Jesus, and after you promote it, you sell it. Now, Jesus looks at Philip. I'm back in the text and says, Philip, what can we do to feed all these people? Let me see, Philip, how you respond to this problem. Come in, ladies and gentlemen. Come in. This is good. Bravo, Marcus. Bravo. <laughs> Philip, let me see how you, how, you, how, you, how you see a problem. Philip sees the problem all wrong. Philip says, and the Bible says, look at this. Verse five, he asked Philip, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Verse six says he was testing Philip for he already knew how to solve their problem or he already knew what he was going to do. He's trying to see, does Philip know how to spot a problem and come up with a solution or to complain about it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Verse seven. Now, this is the one that I love. Verse seven. Are y'all reading this along with me? And everybody should have all those steps. I wanted it to be practical and spiritual. Let's make sure we got both. Philip replied, even if we work for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I want to teach. The, I, I don't know if I want to go like I don't know if I want to go ghetto gospel and go epic or if I want to go to mob. I'm trying to figure out, like I hit that moment where I'm kind of like the monetized online business blueprint slash slash church. Uh, I'll go church. Okay. So check this out. Check this out. Verse seven, Philip says to him, can, can I go ghetto gospel and kind of flip it into plain language so y'all can see it? Let's take it out. Let's take it out of the text. Jesus said, hey, Philip. Man, it's, we probably we probably got about fifteen thousand people, bro. We got to feed. How much how much bread you got? How much money you got, bro? If I worked all month, I wouldn't have enough to pay all them bills, feed all them people. Okay, let me flip. Let's just do the bill situation. Hey, Philip, how much your monthly bills? <sighs> Man, it's high. If I worked all month, I wouldn't have enough. I see a problem. I see a problem. For he did it to test Philip to see. Philip, what are you going to do if you see me and know that I'm God? Going back to the beginning, that I got a strategy to take care of you. I got a strategy to make sure you can provide for yourself. What you going to do, Philip? Well, even if I worked all month, I would make enough. Here's the point I need you to understand. This is the mindset shift, Epic Nation. As your pastor, you marry this thought. Please marry this thought. Grab this. Grab this thought. I'm not telling everybody to be entrepreneurial. I don't think that that's, that that's God's calling for everybody. Like straight up and down. You, are, you, are, you know yourself if that's not your space. But a job can determine how much they pay you, but they can never determine how much you make. A job can determine how much they pay you. They can never determine how much you make. They choose for the problem you solve, this is how much I'll pay you. Sandwich person at Subway. Subway says, we'll pay you this much for solving the hunger problem and making the sandwich. But the Subway person chooses how much they make. How? Because you control your life and the remainder of your time and your ability to produce your own income. You could tell me 40K. You could tell me 60K, but that ain't all I can make. That's just all you're going to pay me. You could tell me 100K, but that ain't all I got to make. That's just all you're going to pay me. A job can tell you how much they're going to pay you, but not how much you make. 
God has allowed you the opportunity for you to control your financial destiny. Oh, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you because I'm feeling real turnt. <laughs> I'm feeling real turnt right now. I, I need you to feel this because I, I want you to get mad. Not at me. I want you to get mad at the thought. Can we go there? I want you to get mad at the thought. You should never relinquish the responsibility of being able to feed yourself if you're single or take care of your family if you're in a relationship to another adult. If they let me go, if they say I'm gone, if they say they won't pay me again, they told me what they will pay me, they told me when they'll stop paying me, but they can never tell me how much I can make. That's my responsibility. That's my responsibility. That's my responsibility. You're not going to tell me Hey, Marcus, we're going to have to let you go. Cool. <laughs> cool. Now, I'm going to be upset. I'll be, I'll be upset. But I would have never relinquished the responsibility of how I'll take care of myself into your hands anyway. I was never built to live by bread alone, one stream of income. I was never built to live that way. Here, can, I make, can, I, can I go even further? I'm not wired to ask another adult for permission to live my life. Hey, do you mind if I take off on Friday? No. Okay, sorry. Am I saying quit a job? No. What I'm telling you is, I want to show you that while you're working, you should also be working on yourself and asking God to show you how to solve your problem so you can go through these steps. As a, What I just told you is for an additional stream of income. You don't just quit and leave and wonder how you're going to do it and say you're stepping out on faith. No, you're stepping out on unemployment. Next piece, next piece. Please hear this. Next piece, next piece, next piece. Get all this. Next piece. Here's the next piece of all of, of, all of this. Here's the next piece of all of this. Even if we worked all month, we wouldn't have enough. Phillips, even if I worked all month, I wouldn't have enough. I Do not hear me. As, as like, I, I'm not, I don't feel your pain. Don't hear this as, oh, he wants to be an entrepreneur. No, don't hear this wrong. Don't hear this wrong. What, what I'm saying to us is, I want us to go back to God's original intent for mankind. If you think about the work that you currently do, does it match who you are as a person and does it match your purpose? If the answer is no, it's just a paycheck. Keep receiving it. But you've got to ask God, what is his strategy to provide for yourself? That is your additional stream of income. This is this is so spiritual and somebody on here don't even realize how spiritual of a message this is. It's purpose in this. It's kingdom in this. It's God's original idea for mankind. All of that is in this. All that's in this. Every single aspect of, this, of that is in this. So please hear this. When we think about societal norms. When we think about societal norms, in society, we look up to people who are, we call, oh, they're a doctor, they're a lawyer. You tell somebody that, ooh, and people feel good. Oh, they're a rapper, they this to that. For whatever reason, we think that the person is more valuable based on what they do for a living. We think that they hold more value as a person based on what they do as a career. You do realize that there is a such thing, it was in my book, as a successful failure. Because you have climbed the ladder of the corporate ladder and you have successfully learned how to do a job or to accumulate degrees does not mean you know how to do basic human things. 
You could listen to this. There are people who are high level CEOs that don't know how to do basic level things like have a common conversation. So all they could talk about when you don't know who you are, you tell people what you have. When you don't know who you are, you tell people what you do. When you don't know who you are, you tell people what you know. Yeah, so you know I work at such and such and such. You know I have this. Hey, hey, hey. And you talk about cars, money, clothes, handbags, all that stuff. Because those are smoke screens, illusions to get you to look at everything else except me. But I'm enough. But I'm enough. I'm enough. Cheapest thing I, the cheapest thing you have is money. Cars, clothes, handbags. So why do I say this? When we are talking about in social norms, the careers people have and how they look at it, and I'm trying to go slow. That's why I'm talking like this, moving at this pace, so y'all can really hear this. All it is is, remember what I told you on Sunday. The sandwich person solves a lower level problem. The doctor solves a higher level problem. It is not that either person are more valuable. They're just more valuable to the marketplace, to the industry. So if I need ankle surgery versus if I need a sandwich, I can go longer without one versus the other. I can make my own sandwich, but only a handful of people can perform surgery. So because it takes a high level skill set to solve that type of problem and everyone can't do it, the person gets paid more. The whole process is your ability to solve a bigger problem brings a bigger paycheck. When people say, oh, when people talk about at corporations, you ever notice the person that does the least amount of work get paid the most? The higher you are, you get you the higher you are, you get paid more, but the person that does the least. Even if you look on the level of basketball players who get paid millions, the owners never touch a ball and they get paid the most. Why? Because the person who gets paid to think about the strat the structure of how to solve a problem gets paid the most. So when you onboard and come into a company, the process of how to get you ready to solve a problem is why they get paid the most. I don't know why my boss get paid more than me because they taught you how to get ready to solve a problem. This is so like, bro, like, I don't know if they're getting it. Y'all excuse me, my, my quarantine friends back. Bro, are they getting this? Like, I mean, they looking at me kind of like. I don't know if they get how spiritual of a message this is, how practical of a message this is. I don't know if they get like you can, they can't get this anywhere. Like this level of what they're hearing is me learning to solve a high level problem. I was a church guy, grew up in church, mother, father, pastors. All I knew how to solve was spiritual problems, not natural ones. God taught me a skill set to solve both. As long as I can I just be like, can y'all let me just be what I am and y'all don't judge me tonight? If you're not careful and all you know how to solve is spiritual problems, you'll spend all your days sitting in pews saying that'll preach. Amen. I need somebody to reach up and claim it. And you'll spend the rest of your days verbally claiming things that you will not claim naturally because you've got to learn skill set, skill set, skill set, mindset. That's how you solve a problem. Mindset, the ability to be able to elongate yourself to say, I'm going to sit and learn this. Even when it's hard, it don't make sense. It's confusing. I'll read this. Didn't nobody tell me to buy all these books? I did this when I had nothing. And this ain't even all my books. 
Didn't nobody tell me to buy all these books. Didn't nobody tell me I got these are all my new ones sitting on the desk. I got a whole I got 30 some books. I I remember talking to somebody happy. What you did today? Man, I just found like 25 books. I was excited. Why? Cheat code. Mindset. I'll spend more on a book than I'll spend on a pair of shoes. Mindset. It's people who are going to have a hundred dollar stake, but don't own, but don't own a hundred dollars worth of books. Mindset. Come on, mindset, mindset, mindset. And skill set is the solution to the paycheck pandemic. Because the person who has the mindset that realize that the listen to me, the person who has the mindset that changes altogether, that realizes there's no such thing as extra money. All it is is money that has not been given an assignment. There's no such thing as extra money. That whole thing, pay your bills, keep some for yourself, you know, pay your bills and the rest is for you. That's cool if you don't plan on living a long time. Because you're borrowing from your future. Life happens. Things pop up. I'm going to explain more to you on Sunday about this whole, this whole piece. Okay, did everybody get that? Did everybody get that? Who remembers when I was talking about the three different places you throw your money? Holler at me. Unmute yourself. Let's see if you remember. Three, three different places you throw your money. Let's pause. Are y'all getting something out of this? Are y'all understanding this? Are y'all, are y'all computing this? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Yep, definitely. Getting it. Hey. Okay. I like it. Throw it. Some, Christian, where, where you throw your money? Somebody talk to me. Where are, where are the three places that people throw their money? Forward, forward, forward. Okay, let me hear. It. Let me hear it again, cause I think we had we we had that duet going. Where where we throw it? <laughs> la la la. <laughs> la la la. <laughs> where we throw our money? Forward, up, or back. Okay, now please hear this, everybody. If you learn this, it changes your life, cause we just talked. We just told you how to solve a problem. <laughs> so true, Laura. Oh yeah, if you have 5,000 bags but 500 credit score, your, your priorities are whack. True story. True story. True story. So here's, here's the thing that changed, that, that changed my life. Here's the thing that changed my life. When I started looking at my money and started realizing, like, you know, I'm from, I'm from round the way. So when you, when you made some money, you made it rain. Right? This just mean you went to the club and you was throwing it up, right? See, so you made it rain. Only my boy Marquel know what I'm talking about. You know them days, bro. You're like, hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. All right. Sorry. We're back. We're back. All right. So, <laughs> right. So here's the deal. People do this every day with their life. When, please, ladies and gentlemen, write this stuff down. When you are throwing your money forward, that means every decision you make in terms of mindset and skill set, you are th- you are making an intentional decision to, sp- to spend every dollar pointed at your future. Anything that will not give you a return tomorrow, you don't pay for for a season of time. You're throwing your money forward. If, I, if today something is offered to me, I'm like, uh, nah, if it don't bring you a return, now, I'm down. you don't live this way forever. But this is when you're trying to move your life forward. You're trying to build wealth. You're trying to make sure you're trying to establish yourself. You can do this for a period of time. Now, you don't always throw your money forward, but you might be more strict in certain seasons of your life. Do y'all want to know the backdrop of how I started wearing only win the day clothing and stuff like right now? This polo shirt got my name on it. Y'all want to know how this whole thing happened? 
I was that name brand guy. It had to be a Gucci belt. It had to be a Louis. I was wearing rocking Coogee, Ed Hardy. I don't know if y'all go back that far. Iceberg. Like, I was rocking all of it. Iceberg, you name it. $100 T. Couldn't go nowhere without going and copping a new outfit. Right? So, here's the deal. I had to make a willful decision because I knew I wanted to build wealth. And I found myself feeling more comfortable buying an outfit than investing in my business. Video guy tell me he want $500. i am like, nah. But I got a five hundred. I got a five hundred eighty-five dollar belt. I got almost a thousand dollar Hermes belt. Mindset, <laughs> mindset, right? You seen it? So what I did is I made a decision. I said I'm gonna I'm gonna be bold and confident, and I'm only gonna throw my money forward. I'm gonna invest in my brand, my business, etc. Only gonna wear what represents me. I should feel that way about me and my business, my brand, like I feel about theirs. I. I'm talking about it went, I went two, three years and it was like, it's all you wear? Hat right now got win the day on it. Here's why. It was much cheaper. I can buy these in bulk for $2 a hat, get it embroidered for five bucks, cost me seven versus a $30 hat. I can buy these shirts for seven to $8, get it, get it for $5 versus a $70, $80 polo. So I can find fashion that I like. My track suits that I love rocking, I can find my track suits for $30, $40. But if I need a Nike or Adidas track suit, those cost me $100. And, it's mar- and I can write it off on my taxes. <laughs> and every time I fly, somebody say, what is the Epic Nation? What is when the day? It now serves as better than a business card because I get a chance to have a, communi- a conversation with someone. That's throwing your money forward. But let's just say you move away from the clothing Imagine now, if you were to look, if you were to pull, which is one of the things I'm going to tell you to do, if you pull your debit card statement or credit card statement for the last 60 days and you took three different color markers, if you had a yellow one, a blue one, or whatever colors you choose and a red one, and anything that was not throwing your money forward, you mark, you mark red. How many red marks would be on there? The next place you throw your money is up. This is a season of your life that all you're doing is doing things to maintain the level of life you're living on. It doesn't advance you. It doesn't grow you. It doesn't build you. It doesn't do anything other than allow you to maintain the standard you're currently living on. It's no investments into the future. There's no, there's no sacrifices. Okay, boom, you got a big bag. Came into some money. But there's no part of that money being thrown forward. It's people who, like, when you really think about it, any of these things, people... If you get income tax, I believe, like this is what I believe. You don't have to embrace this. I'm not Dave Ramsey. I don't teach finance, all that. I'm telling you how I live my life. Any, any money that comes in that is a bonus or additional, I save 90 to 100% of it. I don't spend it. Oh, yeah, I just got, if, if, I just got such, such and such, got my income tax, I'm going to buy this. I don't believe income tax or for buying things. Budgeting is for that. That's for getting ahead. What can I invest into that now commands my money to go work for me? I employ my money. My money is an employee. I tell it what to do. Hey, money. I like to spend my money on marketing and advertisement. Why? Money, go get attention. And, te- and when you get attention, command that people spend money. I tell my money what to do. Money, go get more money. Throwing it up, and last but not least, throwing it backwards. This is where all of your resources are to pay for who you used to be. 
to maintain the standard of living you used to be on, to pay for insecurities, to overspend. Okay. I want to end here because we are, I want to end here. This, we got a lot in tonight. This was, I don't care if you don't know it. This was good. You might not even know it. This was, this was good. This was really good. This was really good. I didn't get to finish that last part, but it's okay. I didn't get to finish that last part. I'll do it on Don't miss Sunday because I got to do a part two. I'm still be back in John 6. It was so much, so much I didn't get to teach, like all the different lessons just in it. But I want to pause here. I want to pause here. Uh, Marcus, no. Yeah, leave them with that. They got the throwing the money forward, uh, backwards. They got the how to solve a problem. That's enough. You gave them enough. Okay. Here's, here's what I'm going to do. I want to give us about five minutes or so. Let's just do it all together tonight. Let's do it all together tonight. Let's do it all together tonight. I want to give us about five minutes or so to be able to kind of talk through some questions because I know that what I taught you tonight is probably not something that you're familiar with and you might have some questions. I want to be able to answer them specifically for for where you are. This is one of those few times like let's have that. Let's have that group conversation. Now, I know we normally have that moment where everybody don't want to be the first person, so they feel shy. That's fine. Okay, cool. I'll go first. I'll go first. Uh, so what do you consider paying a mortgage? Is it throwing your money forward, up, or? I consider it, th- I, I consider it forward because you, you that's something that can provide equity. Okay. Equity increases if you need it to refinance and pull money out, like all those things. So that's something that... You're like when I talk about throwing money backwards, throwing money up, I can't pull anything out of that. It is not appreciating. Like when you're talking about depreciable assets versus appreciable assets, that's totally different. Liabilities versus assets. A house allows you the opportunity that as you continue to pay it. It's something that I know initially I can sell and make money. I can pull money out. I'm incre- it increases with equity. So that's 100 percent. That's 100 percent throwing your money forward. So rent would be throwing your money up? Depending, depending on what the long term goal is. If I know that in the future I want to purchase a home or want to invest or things of that nature, it depends on the strategy. If I if while I'm if while I'm living there, I have no strategy towards lifestyle. I'm going to tell you what I embrace. What I embrace, I own I own two homes. So I own a home in Panama City. I rent in Fort Lauderdale. Here's why. More than one reason. I'm at a place where what I'm looking to do is I don't want to live. I don't want to live at the place that my equity is being built. I want cash flow. Everything I'm about now is cash flow. So I would rather buy a a place here in Fort Lauderdale and rent it out or put it on Airbnb, generate the cash flow from it. I can't generate cash flow for where where I live. I would take the cash flow from the home, and I would use that to continue to invest to a point to where it would now be enough income where I can live for free. So I want my housing expenses to be free using cash flow from other things I own. That's my mindset. So see how I say it's different because it's a strategy. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, Marcus, um, in terms of, uh, I, I guess, in theory, anything that doesn't have a return on an investment is throwing your money in which direction? I would say throwing it, throwing it back, throwing it either backwards or up. When I talk about throwing it back, sometimes we're paying for um, 
mistakes we made in previous seasons. That could be that could be throwing it back, but it's not a it's not a I don't want anyone to hear each of these as a negative connotation. It just lets us know where our money is going. You get what I'm saying? So it gives us a clear view on where the dollar is going, and then we can create a strategy towards where we want it to go. Very good. Absolutely. I'm so happy I said let's ask questions. Y'all look like this is this is my vein. Anyone else have a question? And while we're doing that, we're about to transition. I'm so, 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 so excited, man. This is my, I, I never said it's over. I feel like God connected us. This is my guy, Marquell Russell, as well as, as well as he's coached me on, on some areas from an advertisement perspective, ad perspective. The fourth Saturday of the month, we are doing a wealth seminar for partners only, a wealth seminar for partners only. He doesn't mind me saying that he has built a multi six, a multi, excuse me, seven. I almost took a number off from you, bro. <laughs> a multi seven figure. And for those who can't count, that's a milli, a milli, a milli. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, we call it in the big guns. I said, uh, I paid to go to, that's another thing, throwing money forward. Every, almost everything that someone's doing from a conference perspective, I invest and will pay. I don't text nobody asking to get in free. I invest in it and I go. Um, it was phenomenal what he taught on wealth and things of that nature. So that fourth Saturday, be prepared. I think it starts at 1.30, and he's going to walk you through wealth building. Wealth building. There's, no, there's zero preaching. There, we already got spiritual covered Sunday and Wednesday. Remember, core three, spiritual life, professional life, social life. So that's going to be our professional life that goes down on the fourth Saturday. Okay? Any other questions? I have one, Pastor Marcus. I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. I know you said that God gives a strategy on... I hope that you enjoyed that message. And if, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You might say, hey, where is the Epic Nation? Everywhere, church, anywhere, any day, any time. You literally can join us. We are global online church and community. We have global small groups, so you can get a chance to partner. You know, they always say if you're around four negative people, you'll be the fifth one. If you're around four broke friends, you'll be the fifth one. I would say to you that you are the sum total of your community. And what's dope about what's happening now is that no matter where you physically live, you might feel like in your city or state, no one can relate to you. But there are people around the world that you can be a part of. So we invite you to join the Epic Nation. You, can, you don't have to just join us on Wednesday nights for our family night. You don't have to just join us on Sunday for the epic experience. You can join us seven days a week. We have so many communities going on. We have what we call DPATH, our discipleship track, where we always have a class that's taking place. And our groups are meeting together with global social networking, like not the app, but truly socially and spiritually connecting with one another. So I would say text E-Nation to 74121 to learn more information and to join a group or you can go to www.theepicnation.com backslash the plug. I'll see you in a minute.